Jazzcast Pros. If you're one of those people that are into beauty hardcore, you're into hair, you're into lashes, beauty, anything beauty, you might want to tune in because I'm going to get down into details and over the next few episodes, I'm going to talk about all the things that go into each service. The objective of today's episode is to break down how to make millions in the beauty business because there's a way you can scale it. Welcome back to the Beauty Boss Millionaire Podcast with daily on-the-go episodes packed with testimonies and business tips to help you create financial freedom through entrepreneurship. Hosted by the owner of Fercasi Lashes and the Blow Dry Lounge, the Beauty Boss Millionaire herself, Felicia Fercasi. Welcome to Beauty Boss Millionaire and welcome to season nine. We're finally here. I cannot believe it. We are literally through all the basics of business and all those things that we all should know at this point. So it catches everyone up. So we're on the same page. Now we're going to get into the beauty blueprint to the millions. I want to jump quickly into lashes and brows because this is one of the big things that helped me make a lot of money when I first started. I started back early 2000s. I mean, I want to say it was like 2007 or 8 or maybe even before then 2006. But I was actually doing lashes, the clusters. And then I found the course in 2008, I believe it was. I was certified with um, a, a lash company that was doing teaching lashes, but they, they weren't kind of doing it right. And there was like a lot of confusion around it. And it still was so new. There was like YouTube wasn't even didn't have these videos where you can watch. And... The lashes were the thing that really helped catapult my business and get it out there because there was no place that was just doing pure lashes. There was no place that was just literally doing just lashes and brows. And I decided that that was going to be my my thing. That was going to be my niche. And one of the things that is beautiful about a niche is that it's so specific that it will just draw a lot of people if that's your mastery. Like, for example, sub, everyone knows subways is subs. The point is that people go there for a sub, quick in and out, boom. So with my business, it was like there was no place to get just your lashes done. It was frustrating. You had to go to a nail salon. You had to go to a hair salon. You had to wait around. It was like one of those services that people just kicked around. They didn't really want to do. It was annoying for them to stop on a customer just to take care of you. The eyebrow lady who did your brows probably didn't know how to do them or didn't want to do them. And then there was a lady that was in the house doing them. And that was unprofessional because she's arguing with her kids about, you know, whatever she's arguing with or her man. And you're in the house and it's just awkward and you're sitting by the table and it's just the whole situation is awkward because you're in this person's personal space. So that's when I started to open up for Cassie Lashes. The first one was on Monroe Avenue in Rochester, 488 Monroe Avenue. And I remember... It was my birthday and I told I told my guy, I was like, stop the car right now. This is going to be my store. And I pointed at it. He's like, oh my God, like I about to get hit by a car. I was like, no, I'm fine. Now we got to take down this number and call. And I called, made the appointment. The guy said, I can, he can come see it. I can come see it the next day. Went and seen it. Stepped out on faith. The rent was right. The price was right. It was literally, I think the rent back then was, it was no more than a thousand a month, maybe even like 500, something crazy after utility was no more than, I think it was under a thousand. So... I did the math and I was already kind of making that amount of money within two weeks. And I said, hey, well, you know, if this doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it works, it works. But I knew it was going to work because I'd already had been doing this. I had already been doing the services on people and I had turned my garage into a lash parlor because I don't want people in my house because, you know, I had little kids and, you know, people can be weird. So you just need to keep that separate business and personal. So I built a little space out in my garage so I had a little bar area it was really nice I spent like probably 
$2,000 just redoing my garage. I mean, new flooring went down. It just was so cute. I'm saying all that to say what I'm about to say next. Sometimes you have to start small and then work your way up from there. So boom, I, I get the store, we paint it, we make it all nice. It, it's looking all good. I had my grand opening. Um, you know, my sisters were there. It was popping. We had, you know, we kind of let people know where we're going to be at. And I kind of had the store open for a good, like, two weeks before I did the official grand opening just to work out any kinks or bumps. And people were coming. People from my job, from my corporate job were coming. So it's important that you don't automatically just leave your corporate job without telling people about your business because the people that you sit next to, that you work with every day, they're going to support you because they're going to, they already know you. They're going to be loyal to you. People from my church started coming. People from my high school were coming. People from my college were coming. People from all over were coming. So you you don't even realize you have this pull because you know so many people in that city. And if people hear that you're starting a business, they're going to tell their friend and their friend and their friend. So I'm doing lashes and I want to get a little bit into the service of lashes. So I noticed that a lot of people weren't doing lashes right. So I had this form I had people fill out, which you should too, if you're in beauty, make sure you have them fill out a form. And in that form, you're capturing their information but more importantly, you're finding out what happened before. Why are they in your chair now? Did something happen with a previous person? What went wrong? So I had them fill out a form. Everyone was really surprised. Like, wow, you actually have us fill out a form? I'm like, yes, because I need to know if you're allergic to any allergies. This is a professional place. And it added such a touch of class to it. They'd let me know what length of lashes they wanted, short, medium, long. They let me know what size they wanted. They'd let me know all about what had happened before, which was good for me to know. And I had it so set up nicely where you wouldn't even get into me in the back until you filled out that form. I had someone in the front running the forms. And then once they filled it out, I would look it over and I would find out important things. Like if they just had laser eye surgery, I couldn't take them. If they had just gotten a, a eye infection, I wasn't able to take them. Basically, if they had any contraindications, I did not take them because I did not want to risk my business being sued or anything happening. So that was one way. And you should do the same thing because you'd be surprised how many people will really try to sue you. It's crazy. It's so crazy how people will try to sue over the smallest thing. Thank God I have some pretty nasty lawyers and I haven't had a case yet that went uh, all the way. So, you know, people, when they see you getting successful, they will try to take a bite off your business and try to live off that. There's professional people that have no job. They go around trying to sue businesses. So be aware. All right back to the lashes so I'm doing the lashes and I I really wanted to just figure out the price point that would work for me and I wanted something that was affordable for everyone that was one of my things that I was really big on because beauty shouldn't be you know this this large price where that everyone can't even get to you you want to make sure it's affordable and you also want to make sure that it's not too cheap either because then you're not able to pay for all the supplies and cleanliness that goes into it and and making sure you're clean like we literally have um, medical paper down you know like you go to a doctor's office you're the first person sitting on the seat we have gloves gloves we use so that cost you know we've got all these different things that we do to keep this place sterile you know we go through barbicide gallons and gallons of barbicide you know we go through all the protocol of keeping the store clean keeping it neat keeping it classy just a lot of times people may not understand why things cost money or why your service might be a little bit more expensive but it's important that you maybe show that in your business why it's costing more like for example if it's a home business you might want to charge a little less because you're out to your home you're just kind of saving the money but if you're a store and you've got standards, you've got overhead, you need to maybe up your price a little bit because the people can respect that they're going into a professional place and not your house. So it's important that your price reflects, you know, making sure that you account for every dollar so you can pay the rent, so you can pay the utilities, so you can pay any workers or any supplies or any extra steps that you have to pay. In New York City, there's so much more than you than just what you think you have to pay for insurance. You have to pay for sidewalk. I think 
think we had to pay for like something crazy like sidewalk insurance or something like that. But my point is that when you have a actual brick and mortar, you have more overhead. So it's important that you either build that into the price or that you figure out how you can recuperate those funds so that you're not actually paying that. So here I am doing the lashes and the brows. I'm I'm already working on the lash, the eyelashes. I'm doing the lashes. And again, I have all different price points in there. There's high, there's Spencer prices, $200. There's lower prices that are, you know, $25, $20, you know, and then we had like a sale on, I think Tuesday, it was like $25 or it's $20 Tuesday. And then normally it was $25 for lashes. And I remember I actually, when I first started, I had this apron on, I had a price and said lashes, $19.99, which was so cute. I look back and I laugh at my, you know, years ago, lashes being $20, $19.99. And somewhere I had heard that if you add a nine on to it, it makes it less feeling like you're paying $20 because back then $20 went a long way. Now I feel like I spend $100 anywhere I go, no matter what, it's $100 or 50 bucks. So I had to up that price throughout the year because, well, not throughout the year, throughout the lifetime of the store. Here we are, you know, 13 something years later, and the price is now $35 for the lash. And people have no problem paying it because they know that we give good quality. And the people that don't want to pay it, don't worry about them. Let them continue to go to the nail salon, get an eye infection, have their eyes glued shut, all these different things. Those are for like the cluster lashes that you wear for like you know, a week or so, or you take them off. But our lashes were lasting like a month on people. So they were like, first of all, we we mess with Fricasse because I was going to say we F with Fricasse, but that was, that's what they was really saying. But I can't say that for this podcast. We're like, we mess with Fricasse because our lashes last us three weeks to a month. So we only got to go every now and then. And people loved that. They knew my, our lashes lasted a long time. So, you know, we eventually had to up our prices. I think every year there's a, a graph of every year what you should be kind of upping your prices a little bit. You can try to keep it the same, but remember supplies go up every year. Like I was at this pizza store one day and I remember the pizza owner was behind the counter and he was going back and forth with a customer about the price of the pizza. The guy was like, you know, it was just $2. Now you want $3 for a slice or something he was saying. And the guy said, yes, because every year the price of cheese goes up, the dairy from the farmers and like transportation and gas goes up. Like he broke it all down to the guy, like what happens behind the scenes of why he has to charge that extra dollar. It was over, I want to say a year and a half's time that he had to up the price on the slice because, you know, everyone knows this. If you're paying too cheap for something, there's probably some ingredient missing or some type of sanitary procedure that's been missed. So be aware if these places are super cheap because you're probably not getting good quality. You know, just like if you go to, I'm just going to say it, please don't get offended. But if you go to Walmart and buy yourself a pair of like some type of clothing, it may not last you a long time. Or even if you go to like, there's a store called 579 and like papayas and like these little, these little teeny bopper stores for the teeny boppers. It's not really, it may last you a good year or so or two, but I have designer clothes that last me 10 years or more purses, designer purses, because the quality is a little bit better, it lasts me longer. Now, I'm not saying that you have to be everything designer, but just look for a good piece and look at the material. Look at, is it just one ply? Is it like tissue, that one ply tissue that's crappy? Or is it like more quality to it? You know, like, is it going to snag easily? I remember I bought this dress when I was 16. I think within one week, the dress was uh, in shreds. But my point is that sometimes you have to pay for quality. 
And in your business, you want to make sure that you're, you're having the, those quality. And you're, if you're providing a luxury service, then you need to have a luxury things in the store to, to be able to explain that. You know, one of the things that we did is we started hanging up chandeliers in the store. We started, you know, making sure the place was fancy. We only played classical music at our store on Monroe Avenue. We kept it really classy. You know, there's lots of things that we did to just make the business pop. People were shocked when I used gloves for the first time because they were so used to going into these little hole in the wall places where they did not use gloves when they touched you. We use gloves. We sterilize and we let you know we sterilize. When this whole pandemic hit, we were already had so many gloves and masks because that's what we were used to already doing. So people know the pay for quality if they're about quality and just everything being clean. People feel so much better knowing that they're not going to get an eye infection, that they're not, you know, some places, I don't want to say the names of these places, you go into nail salons of certain owners and they're literally using the same stick on everyone. The same exact wax stick that they use on you, they use on a hundred other people that day. Because in some people's culture, they're taught to not waste and you know get the most out of that stick and not to have to use all these supplies and they think us you know people are us americans they think sometimes that we're wasteful but it's not that it's about sanitary procedures because in that stick of wax of me doing brows there's so much germs so much bacteria from people's skin and blood everything can be mixed with that so you should be throwing away that stick every time you should be asking for them to give you a new stick but most people don't even know to ask so they wonder why they're getting fungus on their feet their brows are breaking out and their lashes have an infection because they're paying too little and asking for a lot that's why you go to those places and the brows are like five ten dollars because they're not upcharging and charging an extra dollar for the glove, you know, the, the, all the sanitary procedures that go into keeping everything clean. So that's one of the things that I did to set myself apart from other people in the lash and beauty game. And whatever business that you have, if you're into beauty, make sure you're doing something to set you apart. You have to be different than everyone else. There has to be something that makes people want to go to you over everyone else. Whatever that thing is, make sure you stress it to your clients and make sure you have that elevator pitch or that that um, skit that you're saying to people when they ask about your business and explain the benefits of why your product is much better than others and why your business is better than others. You should have that pride. There's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, I feel our business is a lot better than these other businesses because this is what we do, A, B, C, and D. There should be something that you're doing to go above and beyond to make that customer happy. All right, that's it for today. We're going to get more into what you can do to get to the millions in the beauty business. Thanks for tuning in to Beauty Boss Millionaire. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like. And if you have a question or if you want to be a part of this show or if you want to, you know, maybe come on and talk with Beauty Boss Millionaire, you can email us at beautybossmillionaire at gmail or even on the Podbeam app. Download the Podbeam app, Podbeam, create an account. So when we go live, you can listen in on what we're talking about. Thanks for tuning in to Beauty Boss Millionaire. That's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for the Beauty Boss Millionaire podcast. And don't forget to follow the Beauty Boss Millionaire, Felicia Fricasi, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Beauty Boss Millionaire.